0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available, along with more downloads, at our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Good afternoon everyone. Peace. Um, It seems to be something that everyone is looking for, doesn't it? Um, A quick Google search on the internet for how to find peace uh, brings up nearly 700 million results. Uh, Now, I suppose some of those are probably duplicates, but that's 10 times the population of the UK. Um, Book after book has been written to guide people along the latest path to a life of peacefulness and a stress-free life, if you like. Um, And it's no wonder uh, peace is big business. It's a big industry. Um, Stress is such a big problem in our modern society, um, and finding peace of mind is the solution. Now, many people nowadays see meditation um, as a vital part of a healthy lifestyle, uh, alongside healthy eating and uh, drinking water and exercise and all that, um, to try and calm and empty the mind. Um, And then, of course, there are best-selling apps and audiobooks to help with this meditation and help people achieve peace of mind. Um, Other people might try to find peace of mind through nice, restful holidays, um, away from the pressures of work or everyday life. Uh, Maybe a good insurance policy is the answer uh, to bring about peace of mind for some people. Or a large savings account with a comfortable cushion uh, of money to defend against the unpredictability of the world around us. Um, Or maybe simply the the dream of a retirement with a decent pension is the goal for a peaceful life. And yet none of these things ever seem to bring true or lasting peace. Uh, None of this security seems to last. Uh, Yes, they may give us peace of mind for a little while. Um, But there is always the next worry or the next problem to be dealing with that brings along yet more stress that we need to deal with. So it seems that true and lasting peace is impossible. Um, And in fact, the Bible says the very same thing um, about trying to find peace in this fashion. Um, Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, begins his book of Ecclesiastes, um, his summary uh, of his experiment into how to find satisfaction in life uh, with these words uh, you can follow along if you like but most of our verses will be up there on the screen uh, he says in ecclesiastes 1 uh, from verse 2 vanity of vanity says the preacher vanity of vanity all is vanity what profit has a man of all his labor which he takes unto the sun and he goes on to say all things are full of labor man cannot utter it The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled with hearing. And then um, the Lord Jesus himself said in our opening reading, didn't he? He says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Why? Um, Because that is where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. So the message is clear, really. However hard we might work to try to bring peace about for ourselves... It does not last. We're never fully satisfied by the fruits of our labours. And in fact, ironically, the more money and possessions we build up to try to defend against insecurity, to try to bring us this peace of mind, the more worry it can actually bring us uh, as we become so reliant on it. And the fear of losing it all in an instant, which is entirely possible, uh, can become overwhelming. Um, But there is hope. Uh, When the Bible uses the phrase, under the sun, like in that reading up on the screen there, um, it's talking about living without God in our lives. So that verse only applies to us if we try to live without God, if we don't let him into our lives. Uh, And in fact, Solomon comes to this very conclusion at the end of Ecclesiastes, Uh, the very well the second to last verse he said after fruitlessly trying to find fulfillment and therefore this peace of mind in his life without God under the sun um, through pleasure through laughter possessions wealth eating and drinking even education resting and relaxation he, he comes to this conclusion he says let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man And then again, going back to that quote from from Jesus, the flip side of that verse, um, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. He then says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also." So God gives us an offer of peace that will never fail, that will last forever. So then, how can we obtain this true peace of mind? Uh, Well, the Bible has the answer, and that's the the theme of our hymn today, really. Uh, But before we can answer this, I think we need to answer two other questions first. Firstly, we need to ask, what is peace, or what is true peace, and secondly, why can't we find this peace uh, on our own, by our own efforts? Um, well, the Oxford Dictionary defines peace as simply being the freedom from disturbance. Uh, the Cambridge Dictionary, a little less succinct, uh, says that peace is the state of not being interrupted or annoyed by worry, problems, noise or unwanted actions. But is this true peace? Is this the peace of the Bible, the peace that the Bible can offer? So if we have a a quick think about these definitions, it would seem that most people would define peace as the absence of something, the absence of disturbance, the absence of noise, the absence of stress or worry. We tend to think of peace as being something maybe out of our control, uh, being ascertained by our environment, if you like. Feeling peaceful is an emotion, something spontaneous. Uh, However, the peace of the Bible isn't actually the absence of something but the presence of something Uh, the presence in fact of a constant quiet confidence in God Um, the prophet Jeremiah puts it this way uh, in Jeremiah chapter 17 he says blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose confidence is in him they will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green, it has no worries in a year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. Um, And again, peace isn't merely a a fleeting emotion. Um, If you ever listen to this list of the qualities that God wants his followers to have uh, from Paul's letters to the Galatians, uh, he says this. Um, the fruit of the spirit, or the characteristics that God's disciples should have, is this: is love, peace, joy, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. So, in that list of characteristics, we have peace. It's not just an emotion. And so, if we follow God's blueprint for how to live our lives, then one of the results or the fruits. Uh, of this will be peace for ourselves Uh, not just spontaneous peace but a lasting peace due to the security of having God in our lives Uh, now that's not to say of course uh, that we'll never have any stresses or any worries in our lives of course we will but we will have peace in the knowledge that God will see us through them all Uh, so then let's go on to our second question that we ask: then why can't we find this peace on our own Well, it all comes down to sin, the act of disobeying God. Uh, The Bible tells us that when we sin, when we break one of God's commandments, we create a division between ourselves and God. We effectively create a barrier between ourselves and and God. Um, Ephesians chapter 2, that verse on the screen there, says this. uh, At that time, before you knew God, uh, you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. So the Bible teaches us that the only way to have true peace, the only way to have true peace of mind is to have God in our lives. But our sins, conversely, prevent us from having God in our lives. It's it's almost a vicious circle, really. So then if that's the case, what does God offer us? Well, first of all, he does actually offer us peace of mind today, right now. The Bible tells us that we can actually have peace because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now, Jesus has made it possible to remove this divide, this barrier between ourselves and God. Um, Ephesians chapter 2 continues. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ... For he is our peace, who has made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of petition between us. And then because of this, Jesus himself tells us in, in John's Gospel, peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Uh, but how can he do this? Well, I think by following the structure of our hymn, um the the hymn we sung earlier, um, we can we can have a bit of a, a good structure to set this out. Um Verse 1 of the hymn talks about Jesus being our resting place. Um, he can give us rest from the world around us and relief from our weariness and sadness. Uh, how, is the, how is this the case? Well, first of all, as we've just mentioned, it's through Jesus that our sins can be forgiven. They can be completely wiped away. And God says that, in fact, he, he won't remember them ever again at all. He effectively offers us a fresh start. Uh, A clean slate, if you like. And because of this, we can have freedom from the stress caused by guilt. Um, Guilt, of course, being one of the the key causes of stress or restlessness in our lives. Um, We can have the peace of sins forgiven through Christ. Uh, And then because of this removal of this barrier between us and God, uh, Jesus has made it possible for us to actually communicate with God. Um, Not only do we have God's words to us, of course, written down in the Bible, uh, but the work of Jesus has also made it possible that we can come to God in prayer and talk to him, bring him our concerns and our worries. Um, Jesus asks us to come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls." For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. as are words from Matthew chapter 11. And so we can lay all of our burdens on Christ. That's what he tells us. Um, we can commit all of our problems to God in prayer. We have someone to confide in. Uh, someone we can rely on to help with our lives difficulties. Uh, someone who will never fail us. The Bible says that God will never forsake us if we put our faith in him. Um, so our problems are no longer our own when we ask God to help us with them. And what comfort and, and peace this brings to us. Um, in Philippians 4, Paul expresses this very sentiment. He says this. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God Which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. So, if we then go on to think about the second verse of our hymn, uh, this describes Jesus as being able to provide the water of life. Um, Now, this expression comes from an instant in John's Gospel uh, where Jesus meets a Samaritan woman by a well. Uh, He asks for a drink of water, which surprises the woman because the Jews and the Samaritans were enemies of each other. They had no dealings. However, he has this to say to her. He says, Whosoever drinketh of this water, that is physical water, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So what's Jesus talking about here? Um, well, obviously he's using a bit of symbolic language. Um, he's using water as a picture um, or a symbol for salvation, uh, as we've just mentioned the the topic of the last verse. Really, Jesus can save us from our sins. He can give us that salvation that we need. So just like a, a drink of water can revitalise us when we're thirsty, it can satisfy our weariness. Uh, the knowledge that we have been saved by Jesus can give us a renewed purpose in life, and I think as well um, on the topic of water, the Bible, um, in fact, often re- refers to itself as water. Uh, another met- metaphor um, which makes sense, really, because we need to, you know, drink from it every day, uh, if we can, to be refreshed, and to be brought closer to God, and even to stay alive uh, in the spiritual sense. And then if we finally look at uh, verse uh, 3 of our hymn, this talks about Jesus being the light of the world. Now this expression comes from John's Gospel again, in chapter 8, where Jesus says to his disciples, he says, Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So again, symbolic language is being used by Jesus here. He calls himself a light because just as a torch or a lantern back then, I guess, would illuminate the, the path ahead, Jesus has shown us the way in which we should live our lives. Uh, well, how? Through his example, first of all, um, which has been recorded for us in the Gospels, and also through God's wider commandments uh, that we we must obey, um, to, to live in accordance with God, how God wants us to. Uh, I think this can be neatly summarised in a verse from the Psalms. Uh, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. So then, because of the work of Jesus, we have guidance and direction in our lives. Our life has a purpose. Uh, we can live to serve God. We know what he expects from us and what to expect from him as well. Uh, the Bible even tells us what we can expect from the future. Uh, it predicts what will happen, although of course that's a topic for another time. Um, with uncertainty being a key cause of worry, uh, freedom from this uncertainty can also bring us peace of mind. And as well as having the Bible as our guidebook for life, we can also have God's physical guidance in our lives, uh, He works in our lives day by day if we put our faith in him. uh, What we might like to call providence. Uh, We're told that the angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him and delivers them. And also uh, we're told all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. So trusting in God is better than any insurance policy like we were talking about at the start. Uh, We can be comforted in the knowledge that our whole lives are arranged and ordered by God. He is always in control of everything. Now, not everything will be plain sailing. That's not what God promises. But we can use maybe the bad times or what we see as bad times in our lives to teach us lessons. Uh, They also force us to resort to God when we can't do things in our own strength. We're forced to put our faith and our trust in God. Uh, And then on the flip side... The good times will help build us up and help us to love God better. But then if peace in this life is all we can hope for, then it does seem rather hollow, doesn't it? Um, However, God's offer of peace isn't just for this life. He offers us an everlasting peace, an everlasting life of everlasting peace, in fact, in his future kingdom. I think it would be useful now to just have a, a quick look at some passages from the prophecy of Isaiah to get a taste of what this future kingdom will be like. Um, starting in, with the verse on the screen there, um, in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 7, we read, And of the increase of his, that's Jesus' government, and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David, and upon his kingdom, to order it, and to establish it, with judgment and with justice, from henceforth, even for ever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So from this verse we can see that the kingdom will be a time of everlasting peace, a time of righteousness for ever, a time where justice will always be done. And then skipping over into chapter eleven, verse four, We read that with righteousness shall he, Jesus, judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So again, a picture of justice for everyone, a picture of perfect peace, no more worry, nothing wrong in the world. And then finally, chapter 35, verse 5 of Isaiah. We're told that the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap as an heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert. So a time of everlasting peace, a time of no more sorrow, a time where there be no more problems, a time of peace. So finally then, let's answer our original question. How can we find this peace that the Bible talks about? Well, first of all, God asks us to repent for our sins. Now, what does repentance mean? Simply, it means to recognise that we have sinned against God in our lives. To acknowledge, uh, acknowledge this to him through prayer and to ask for forgiveness from a genuinely sorry heart. Um, After this, the next, perhaps most crucial step is to be baptised into Jesus' saving name. Baptism, of course, being the the act of being fully um, immersed in water um, as a display of commitment to God um, and association with Jesus. It's the start of a new life in Christ that he asks all his disciples to undertake. No matter what your background is, where you've come from, how old you are, your circumstances. God says that baptism is is open for all. Everyone can have this peace of mind, but only if they they seek to follow his commandments. So baptism is essential if we want God's forgiveness, if we want to be free from the guilt that we can feel in our lives because of our sins, um, if we want God's guiding hand in our lives, and if we want the peace of mind that we've been talking about today. However baptism isn't the end of the matter it is in fact a new beginning but a new, a new beginning nonetheless full of promise. Uh, we need to live after our baptisms a life of obedience to God and although we will almost certainly fail to live up to that standard set by Jesus uh, we will have the comfort of knowing that God is always with us and will always forgive us if we ask. We can always put our confidence in him um, to get this peace of mind. A life in Christ is the only path to to peace. Um, I'd like to just finish where we started in in our original reading. Um, Matthew chapter 6 and the end, end of the chapter says this. Therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website